The LA Kings are back in action, taking on the defending Stanley Cup champs. We'll preview tonight's game in Denver against the Avalanche. Plus, it's a feedback Thursday. We'll discuss Phoenix Copley's future in LA. All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years for the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the LA Kings are back in action tonight in Denver, a quick road trip to face the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. After winning the Cup last season, the Avs have had some off-season changes uh, they did let go their Stanley Cup winning goaltender Darcy Kemper walk away. Uh, they also lost their second line center, important player in Nazem Kadre. As for what uh, the Kings and the Avalanche have been doing lately, uh, the Kings come in winners of five of their last six games. They have points in six straight. Uh, they'll face an Avalanche team that is battling through some injury issues. They will not have their superstar Nathan McKinnon or their captain Gabriel Landeskog. They've both been out for multiple weeks. But despite missing some key players, the Avs are still 19-12-2 on the season, holding on to the final wildcard spot right now in the Western Conference playoff race. Colorado has won 6-7 of seven, or had won 6-7 of seven before falling in their last game on Tuesday against the Coyotes 6-3. to three. Um, they still have some very talented players like forward Miko Rantanen and also one of the most dangerous defensemen in all of the NHL, Kale McCarr, who won the Norris Trophy last year as the league's top defenseman. Alexander Georgiev has uh, been their starting goalie for most of the year. He was a backup with the New York Rangers last year because of injuries to Pavel Francouz. Uh, he has gotten a lot of the starts. His record, 15-7-2, 2.48 goals against average and a 9-21 save percentage as for the kings la expected to go with phoenix copley in net he is seven and one this season with the kings he's won five starts in a row over that span he has a goals against average of two a save percentage of 928 uh as for the forward lineup don't know if we're going to see trevor moore or arthur calia both of them day-to-day with injuries it's expected they probably will not play in tonight's game but again neither expected to be out for any extended period of time kings lately have had some balanced scoring alex iofalo has not uh, looked bad at all since coming back from injury matter of fact looking great three goals five points in his last five games philip Deneau, three goals seven points in his last five and gabe velarde two goals four points in his last five games encouraging i think that over this stretch where we've seen the kings play some of their better hockey of the season it's been pretty balanced scoring not uh, one player on fire uh contribute contributions from a lot of different guys up and down the lineup as for what to watch for tonight for the la kings well hopefully a repeat of their last performance against the vegas golden knights where they played a hard fast game but were also under control and smart 
Uh, staying out of the penalty box is going to be a key tonight against the Avalanche. I'm looking at you, Brendan Lemieux. Uh, even with their injuries, the Avalanche have the fifth best power play in terms of percentage in the NHL so far this season at 27.3%. Uh, it's one of the big reasons why the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup a year ago. They had an outstanding power play. Uh, hopefully for the Kings, uh, their penalty kill improvements will continue tonight. Uh, if they do go shorthanded, uh, hopefully they can at least get some kills in some key situations as we've seen them do in games lately. Um, but of course, uh, the best way to avoid being hurt by the Avalanche power play is to try and stay out of the penalty box altogether. I would say three or fewer trips to the penalty box tonight would be a good idea. So that's going to be one of the keys tonight. Uh, don't let the Avalanche get on that power play as much as it can. When they do get it, uh, try and kill off those power plays, especially in key situations, uh, maybe late in the game, or if you've got a lead and they're getting an opportunity to tie it up, uh, try and get that penalty kill going. But it's not going to be easy. Like I said, the Avs have a fantastic power play. Faceoff is set for 6 p.m. L.A. time. Uh, it'll be broadcast locally on Valley Sports West and on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Looking forward to watching a big game tonight for the Kings as they try and continue their recent good play and uh, also you know, continue one of their better games, one of their better performances of the season with that win over Vegas. But it won't be easy even against a shorthanded but talented Avalanche team on the road. You've got the uh, the altitude there as well. Uh, could play a factor, but uh, we shall see. Uh, a quick World Junior Championships update. Uh, Canada crushed Germany 11-2 to yesterday, and Kings defenseman Brant Clark had a goal and an assist in the victory. I would say when you score 11 goals, probably a lot of different players had a golden assist in that one. Uh, the U.S. Uh, lost to Slovakia 6-4. to four. Kings draft pick Kenny Connors did not get a point, but he did take a five-minute major penalty for boarding and received a game misconduct um, in international play. I think that a game misconduct comes along with a one-game suspension as well, but not sure about that. But just wanted to get you updated on a couple of Kings prospects, especially Brant Clark taking part in the World Junior Championships up in Canada. It is a Feedback Thursday, and we're going to read some of your emails and comments in just a moment. But first, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there, from football to basketball to esports. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love your sports podcasts, which I'm sure you do, uh, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. So it is a Feedback Thursday, uh, and we now check in on the Locked on LA Kings email inbox. And our first email comes from Ed in Orange. Uh, and he says, Eddie, really enjoy your show. I feel the Kings have proven that they are capitalizing off the Bruins win. I think the coaching staff and players have earned the chance to be evaluated on a game-by-game -game basis. Coaching changes and player trades and signings should be off the table for now. It appears GM Rob Blake's meeting was positive and well-received by the players. I see improvement in all areas where needed. Some improvements uh, show greater improvements than others, however, improvements nonetheless. Phoenix Copley is quite a story, and I'm enjoying watching it play out. More importantly, he's taken the whole issue of goaltending right off the table and made wins the focus. Are they a top-tier hockey club? Not yet, but heading in the right direction. Do you think the team has a tendency to play their best games against tougher opponents and play down against weaker opponents, such as the Coyotes? Uh, again, thank you uh, for the email, Ed. Um, yeah, I think eventually 
Uh, it did it, it, like, like when they had the closed door meeting, when they sent Cal to the AHL, it didn't have an immediate effect, but perhaps uh, it did uh, send a message that they eventually received. But I do think they are building off that big Bruins win. Um, as far as them playing up or down to the level of their competition, I think it's been a mixed bag, to be honest with you. Um, they have beaten some really good teams like Boston and Vegas, um, but they've lost to some pretty good teams like Toronto and Carolina. Uh, they've beaten some of the lower teams below them, like San Jose and Anaheim recently. And they've also lost to Columbus and Arizona. So, like I said, a, a bit of a mixed bag, I think, for the Kings. I don't, I don't know that I've seen them necessarily play down to their competition. Um, but it's like I said, it's been a mixed bag. I've seen there's been some big wins over some good competition. There's been some losses to good competition and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, our next email comes from Cyrus in Santa Barbara. He says, I am in love, and love is all capitalized, with Copley. This is what a goalie giving 110% looks like. I'm sure you can recall the talk of Cal Peterson's effort early in the season, and that has always been his biggest issue for me. As a tender myself, I was uh, it was unacceptable because men the mentality and the energy is one of the few things that you have control over when you're on the ice. And you could tell Cal would always leave some of that on the ice, even when we needed him to show up. I think that Copley is playing like he has something to prove and will be a perfect stopgap for the next couple of seasons after Quick retires and we're waiting for our next franchise goalie, which I unfortunately do not think uh, Cal will ever be. Love the show. Love our LA Kings and feeling great about the rest of the season. Again, that was Cyrus in Santa Barbara. Um, you know, Cyrus says that he is a goaltender. So, and I've never played gold, no, nor do I ever want to, uh, frankly, I do play beer league hockey and, you know, um, but I, I don't know. I think Cyrus is kind of looking at maybe Cal's body language. Uh, and, and I think Cal is one of those guys that, you know, he's very, the way he carries himself. Um, it doesn't exude a lot of confidence, but I don't, I don't know that that has, I think that's always kind of been the case with him. You know, goaltenders are a different breed. No, no disrespect intended Cyrus, but my, my, my uh, experience is that goaltenders are different. Um, and you know, you can't judge one from another as far as kind of the way they carry themselves. Some guys are quiet and reserved. Some guys are, you know, kind of, uh, characters and, and, uh, are quirky. Um, I, I don't know about, I mean, Cal, I think when you play poorly, it's hard to exude confidence. Um, so we'll see about Cal. The book isn't closed on him. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think the Kings have closed the book on him as well. Um, look, Phoenix Copley, it's easy to be in love with him right now. He's seven and one. What's not to love. And it's a great story as well. Um, but it, we still need to see more. Um, I think everybody has to be encouraged and enjoyed, you know, the way things have worked out at this point. Um, but it's, you know, we'll see going forward. It's still, we talk about, you know, closing the book. The book's open with Phoenix Copley. How it's going to end, what the final chapter is going to be, uh, is certainly something to be discussed. And we're going to discuss a little bit more with a couple of the other emails. But I, again, I'm not ready to close the book on Cal. Uh, I think he still is going to have an opportunity to show what he can do at the NHL level because of the circumstances surrounding his contract, um, because of the goalie situation with Jonathan Quick's contract being up after this year. But how it goes forward certainly is to be determined based on how Phoenix Copley is going to perform the rest of the season. Our next email comes from Jim in Lakewood, who I apparently called Mike last week. Sorry about that, Jim. Uh, he says, the Kings goalie thing is already decided now for 2023. Phoenix Copley will get a $3 million deal, four years to back up Cal Peterson. 
Quick is now gone officially. He won't sign for less than Peterson, so that Peterson deal officially has screwed Quick. Can you see him signing for less than Peterson? Hell no. Quick is officially gone, and it pisses me off because I have to say, if it had happened to a guy, I have to say it had happened It happened to a guy that I like, uh, but Peterson, or shall we say Kings management and Peterson, officially effed up the reputation and swan song of one of the most important goaltenders to ever play west of the Mississippi. So Jim is already saying uh, the future of Jonathan Quick has been decided. He is not going to be coming back next year because they've signed Cal Peterson for multiple years after this, and Phoenix Copley has now, I guess, earned a contract extension. That's what Jim is predicting. Um, and again, it's it's to be determined, but it is worth noting how things might go if Phoenix Copley continues to play the way he's played. Now, 7-1 and one over his last eight, it would be unlikely he could continue that pace. But let's say that going forward, he he continues to be the Kings' number one goalie and has a very solid year. What are the Kings going to invest in him going forward? And he's going to be a free agent after this year. So, look, we talked about Phoenix Copley. This is a great opportunity for him. It's also, you know, to be realistic, a great opportunity for him to cash in. This is a guy who has toiled. And look, making $800,000 a year, we'd all love that. All right. Nobody's going to be crying over Phoenix Copley only making you know, 8 million, or excuse me, 8 million, 800,000, 700,000, 600,000, you know, those types of contracts just to mostly play in the AHL over the last few years for him. But again, this is his chance to cash in, to get a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal. What it's going to be, again, still has to be determined by how he plays the rest of the year, but uh, it, it, it seems likely at this point, the way things are trending, that he's going to get a pretty good contract from somebody. Now, they're not going to go crazy over this because maybe he's a one-hit wonder uh, to be determined as we've said many times but I think Jim's kind of on the right track again if it plays out to where Copley has a solid year and is one of the reasons the Kings have a, a, a successful season um, he's played himself into I would say maybe a three-year deal maybe around three million dollars a year something like that and if not from the Kings from somebody else so um, yeah it will be interesting to see going forward how this works out if the Kings want to re-sign him uh, then, yeah, I would say that Jonathan Quick's time in L.A. is officially over, and we've talked about it before. He's the greatest goalie in Kings history. Um, we want it to end a certain way. We'd like for it to end a certain way, but very rarely do professional athletes get to write the final chapter of their career. Maybe I, I would I would suspect if things play out the way they have, I would think Jonathan Quick will try and give it a shot somewhere else at a you know one-year deal somewhere maybe um for a team looking for a, a goaltender that has stanley cup experience that maybe has a year left and could be a solid backup or a 1b to maybe a younger goaltender I, I don't have a specific situation in mind but it will be very interesting to see how it plays out i think it is it is reasonable to speculate right now the way things look that yeah, this could be Jonathan Quick's final year in a Kings uniform, and maybe it was going to be anyway. We don't know, but still a lot of things to be decided, but it is interesting to think about uh, what is going to happen with Phoenix Copley going forward, uh, the Kings resigning him, and what they do with the goaltending situation with Jonathan Quick's career in L.A. possibly coming to an end after this season. Uh, Phoenix Copley, by the way, will turn 31 next month, so this is a guy who still has, you know, he's not, he's obviously not a kid, He's not an aging vet. He still has some some tread on the tires left going forward if he continues to play the way he's played.
Uh, our next email comes from John in Long Beach. He says, you've mentioned a few times that your wife is a sports fan, Chargers fan, I believe. Any advice on how I can help my wife become a Kings fan? Seems she's willing, but didn't grow up playing or watching sports. Well, um, John, the first thing you need to do is to have her watch all of the uh, Locked on LA Kings episodes. I think that is the first step. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I know that Jim in Lakewood has messaged me many times saying that he and his wife watch our show together. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I think if you watch these shows, certainly you'd get familiar with the team, what's going on with the team, the, the players, the names, that kind of thing. So maybe that would help out. But um, my wife did grow up playing sports and has been a sports fan her whole life. So it's a little bit of a different situation for me. Um, but I would say, honestly, just be very encouraging. Um, if she asks you over and over again to explain icing, do so and and be happy and willing to do it. Um, hockey is a sport that I don't think it's difficult to learn, but it is unfamiliar to a lot of people, um, a lot of, especially in the L.A. area. A lot of people didn't grow up playing hockey. Now, things are changing now. Um, youth hockey is not an uncommon thing. It's certainly more mainstream, I guess you would say, but um, just be encouraging um, and, uh, you know, encourage her to ask questions um, and just, you know, have fun with it. And, and uh, you know, good luck to you, because I know for me, it's been a big part of uh, the relationship for me and my wife. We love going to games together. We love watching games together. Um, and I know for some guys, maybe that's not appealing um, because I think some guys want to have their own time with their guy, with their guy friends, go drink a beer and go to the game, watch a game and then have, you know, your wife do her thing. But for me, um, it's been awesome. So uh, hopefully, John, for you and your wife, uh, it can be a, a, a positive thing as well. But like I said, just be encouraging, invite her to ask a lot of questions and be patient in explaining things uh, as you go along. Uh, thanks for all the emails. We are going to check in on some YouTube comments in a moment. But first, I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and, uh, and putting a few drinks back. A few become a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. And you think about calling for a ride, but now nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, we have some uh, some YouTube comments to read. Our first one comes from Frank Rancho uh, in Palos Verdes. Or is it Frank in Rancho's Palos Verdes? Probably that, huh? Probably Frank in Rancho's Palos Verdes, which is not too far from where I am recording this show. Uh, he says, okay, hear me out on this. I'll try to be brief. Ever notice how short of a stick Quentin Byfield uses? When I played juniors and also my post-junior days, the coach would be honest to use a stick linked between the chin and nose of our with our skates on. The assistant coach would check sticks before the game. I preferred a stick linked below the Adam's apple and would sneak it on during the game and use the others in practice. Those were the old wooden coho and Sherwood sticks with little flex. After the advent of the composite sticks, the players were able to use way longer sticks and keep their power hand higher up on the shaft, allowing for a much quicker release also let the stick do the work also as a centerman for defensive purposes you need to a longer reach that the stick provides uh byfield also plays very hunched over and plays small for his height 
Uh, you're around the Kings a lot, I imagine. Check out Dowdy's stick. It's particularly, uh, it's practically at his forehead and other shorter players use equally long sticks. Sorry for going on so long, but it was the first thing I noticed when I saw the pre-draft videos of Quinton Byfield. And I asked, why is he playing with a pitching wedge? Uh, take care. And that was a comment from, I believe, Frank in Rancho Palos Verdes, not Frank Rancho in Palos Verdes. <laughs> In Verdes, which I thought is what it said. Um, I will say that I mean it's it's a funny story that the coaches would check your sticks to make sure you weren't playing with the shorter sticks. That's certainly old school right there. I, I look, I would say, and and players are very particular with the equipment they use. Play with with whatever feels natural for you. Yes, if you're a defenseman, you want a bit of a longer stick for being able to do poke checks and get your stick in passing lanes and things like that. Um, uh, and I do, I do have noticed as well that Quentin Byfield does play hunched over. Um, but I don't know if that you want him standing straight upright either. So, but it is something that is a little bit noticeable. I I don't know if that's an issue for Quentin Byfield. I would assume that players uh, are, I should say coaches, uh, that's something they would notice if they thought it was an issue. But like I said, I, I think you just let the players play with the equipment that they're most comfortable with. Um, so if he, if he's more comfortable playing with a shorter stick, uh, and as you mentioned though, as a center, you do have more defensive purposes. So you might want to play with a little bit of a longer stick, but I don't know. I, I don't know that it's an issue for Quentin, but, um, I would say play with whatever stick is the most comfortable for you. Uh, this comes from Scott Casey. He says, power play kill. Please address this every year. Our goal, our goal differential isn't good. We make the playoffs with a minus goal team as a minus goal team. Uh, when the PK t- a team comes on the ice, you start to clinch. Uh, I like the lineup. Possibly could have four or five 20 goal scorers. I like how Copley is a technical, no BS goaltender. We don't need the splits or the flopping. Just stay solid in net. One more thing. Why the hell have we played so many more games than everyone else? How does scheduling us four or five games ahead of the Kraken? How does that happen? Uh, the season started at the same time. I hate looking at the standings being in second only to see teams having to poss- the possibility to gain eight or 10 points. Strange schedule. Uh, yeah, a lot of things to touch on there. Uh, we've talked about the penalty kill, obviously. it's I think it's getting a little bit better. Um, again, key situations. They've come up big lately. Hopefully that will continue. Um, I, I agree with you about Copley. Uh, he is certainly a no BS goaltender. Um, very solid in net. Very little movement. Uh, lets the puck hit him. Uh, kind of lets his body positioning and size do the work for him and certainly that's worked out well for the kings at the moment as far as the schedule goes scott i have no idea uh, it is very bizarre there are teams like the avalanche who started their season overseas at like a week before everyone else and they've played less games than the kings i i don't know why all i will say is that it all evens out in the end and maybe in the long run it'll be a benefit to the kings that they'll have a little bit more of a balanced schedule down the stretch not as many games as some of the other teams so even though yeah teams like seattle could gain ground on la um they're also going to play a lot more games in a shorter compressed amount of time so maybe in the end that will benefit the kings we'll see but i don't i have no explanation for why uh, the kings have played so many games and so many more games than some of the other teams uh, in the nhl at this point as far as the gold differential uh you're right. Uh, it has been an odd issue the last few seasons. Last year, the Kings had a uh, goal differ- differential of plus three, but I think they were a minus for most of the year. And this season, they are the only team in the NHL currently holding a playoff spot that is a minus in goal differential. They have scored 125 goals. They've allowed 130. So they are a minus five 
in the goal differential department. All the other teams that are in the top two of their division are plus double digits. The Boston Bruins are a plus 57. They have scored 57 more goals than they have allowed, which is probably a pretty good reason why they have been kicking a lot of ass so far this season. But yeah, I, I guess the only explanation for the Kings to be able to have a good record despite the goal differential is that they win close games and when they lose, they lose by a, a few goals or more. Uh, thank you to everybody that emailed. Thank you that uh, everybody uh, that takes the time to comment on the YouTube uh, episodes as well. Much appreciated. Uh, and uh, if you would like to send an email uh, for next week's show, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com. E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. Obviously, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, you are more than encouraged to make comments down below. Uh, and we'll read some of the better ones that we have uh, for on next week's show. Uh, we are also on Twitter. We are uh, at Locked on LA Kings and Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Coming up on Friday, show a full recap of the Kings against the Avalanche. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. That is Locked on Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. As always, go Kings go.